You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Mary, on Thursday of this week, uh, there will be what appears to be at least the last meeting of the January 6th. House Committee investigating the events, possible conspiracy of uh, uh, the uprising on January 6th. So we come to the end of all of this. Time to ask, what do you think? Have we seen proof so far that, yes, this was a conspiracy run by Donald Trump to overthrow the government? So I'm not speaking here as a lawyer. I'm speaking here as a citizen. And I think the answer to that question is yes, because what they've done successfully in the hearings themselves and through the, the leaks, you know, or the pointing the reporters in the right direction, the whole feeling of uh, that we've gotten since the hearings really have started is that it was more than just something that got out of hand. Trump has a little rally. He says a few things. A couple crazy people walk down to the Capitol and they decide, oh, let's go in and make some mischief, which is what many people thought, and including us. I think because of our... Um, Uh, default to the normal, if I could say it that way. I mean, you see something and you think, oh, that can't be what it might be. But what we've learned is it was every bit as bad as we we should have suspected it was. And today there was an article in the Times that, um, you know, that just really reaffirmed that there were many things that Trump could have done and that he knew how his supporters were armed, what their intentions were and how violent it would be. And he chose to do nothing. And I think he chose to do nothing because for him, it was like one of these things is going to work and is going to keep me in office. That I think is really what the, the committee has done. It's put all these pieces together to tell us, yes, Donald Trump had every um, intention to not leave office. What's interesting, John, before I throw it back to you is, do you remember in the summer leading up to the election and the discussion was, and you and I, I think, had it multiple times, like, what if he just refuses to leave? Like, what happens? Does the army go in and make him leave? Do they carry him out? And... I think what we've learned is, in a sense, that is what happened, but just not how we guessed. Like, he'd be sitting at the Resolute desk and refusing to leave. All these things were part of him refusing to leave. Well, they were. And I, you know, I agree with everything you just said. I think we do know that there was a multi-part conspiracy to keep Donald Trump from in office, uh, 
some parts didn't even quite go together as it's proved out, but they were all trying to lead towards, uh, uh, towards that. I think we understand that. And unfortunately I have to say, I don't think most of the country cares. Not, not only the Republicans who think he did the right, uh, the right thing. I think an awful lot of the country say, yeah, it was nasty. It shouldn't have happened, but there's nothing we can do about it. We're not, I mean, we're going to prosecute hundreds of people who were in the rally, but we're never going to prosecute Donald Trump about this. I think that's the general feeling. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. And it, it may well be because over the last, you know, how many years now, seven, eight, it's frightening how many years, Trump and his, you know, supporters have desensitized us to the how bad things were or how bad it could have been. So, and because Trump continued, continued, continued not to be held accountable, I think, you know, you hear most people say, even people who agree with us on the both the politics and that there should be some accountability saying, yeah, but there won't be because Donald Trump, he always gets away with everything. I think that the, the, um, the solution to Trump was really in the second impeachment. And when McConnell decided that he was not going to, um, one, vote himself to impeach and also uh, support those other Republicans who weren't sure what they should do, I think it said to most Americans, why do you want us to, why do you expect us to get upset about it? Because you guys are political leaders. You don't seem to care. Why should we? And... I was saw that the other day someone was saying, you know, how the second impeachment was botched. And I thought, of course, you're going to blame the Democrats for this. Right. I mean, like you didn't hold them accountable. And that could be in part true. But at the end of the day, the Republican Party's failure to hold Trump accountable time and time again has gotten us to where pe people are where you say, which is why should we put any um emotional energy into thinking something is going to happen to Trump because it's not going to. And if our democracy is ultimately destroyed by that, well, that must be what leadership wants. Well, and it's not only just looking at Trump, although that's certainly a big part of it, and our failure to hold him accountable. We are now looking at elections in a month, essentially, where we could elect in a number of places, but certainly in Pennsylvania and Arizona, people who say out loud, if they were there, they done whatever they could to reverse that that election right. and keep Trump in, in power. And I'm, you know, obviously I'm thinking about is his name Mastriani, yeah. the guy running in uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. and uh, and the woman in. Uh, uh, in Arizona as well. Carrie Lake. Mm -hmm. Carrie Lake. I mean, there's no secret here. Uh, somebody else has said this recently. You know, we always say that the Republicans, the mega people, say the quiet thing out loud. That's not true anymore. They do everything out loud. They are telling us 
when 2024 comes along, if they are in power, they will do what it takes to make certain that Donald Trump wins. There's that's it. And And it's it's not just Trump. You're right, John. I mean, it's even their own races. It's every race. If the Republican doesn't win, then it must have been stolen from them. And I was so interested the other day because to hear some, you know, conservative folks talking about this, say this is, you know, this is the Democrats fault because when George Bush won, they said we don't accept him as if those two situations about what happened in Florida um, and the Supreme Court and the Bush-Gore thing is comparable to what's happening now. Or Stacey Abrams is at fault because she did not accept Kemp's win because she said there was fraud. They thought, you know, this is the moment we're in. Like, it's still, um, uh, what did um, Colbert used to call it? Like, post-truth. We're in this post-truth moment where their excuse for destroying democracy is, well, you know, you guys did something similar to that. Instead of saying, you guys were similarly situated, but you accepted the results. You didn't like the results, but you accepted the results. We're in a very different place. And I I think you're right. You have all these uh, election deniers running. And why are they running? And why are they partially winning? Because... After January 6th, the second impeachment, Trump was not held accountable. And that's like um, Little Shop of Horrors, right? That was like feeding another human body to that plant. And he just grew stronger. And even though Trump is in in weak in some ways, you know, now, um, his supporters and their crazy stuff, are very, very much stronger than they were two years ago. Well, they absolutely are, and they have learned how the system works. Because uh, in 2020, part of what goes wrong for them is they have all these different ideas of how they can keep Trump in power, but they don't really know how to make them all work. And so they kind of butt up against each other. But they've been through it. And they know it now. And that goes to, you know, you raise the, the whataboutism that they always throw up on, well, Stacey Abrams. She never really accepted it and, and all of that. There's a huge fundamental difference here. Stacey mm-hmm. Abrams thought that there was uh, real questions about the voting procedure. And she raised, raised that. There were real questions in Gore Bush. There were many of us who said things like, Donald Trump is not my president, not in a legal sense. We were saying he doesn't represent my values. But you know what's different with these folks? In 2020, they attempted to file false electors and actually overturn the election, actually do it. And they clearly would do that in 2024 if they are in a position to do that. Does anybody believe that Mastriani, if it comes down to it, he and his state legislature, if they have the ability, wouldn't simply overthrow, ignore, not overthrow, ignore 
the vote of the people of Pennsylvania and send the electors they want. And if you're not sure of that, check the case that is going to the Supreme Court now where they are arguing that, that the state legislatures have an absolute authority to select whatever electors they want, no matter what the popular vote is. That's where the plan is. I think that's what we're going to see. It, it will be interesting to see what the Supreme Court does about that, because given some of their past, past cases, particularly on voting rights, et cetera, um, you would think maybe they would go in that direction. But there's a part of me um, that thinks that because the legal argument is actually quite weak, you know, I mean, it's language in the Constitution was not clear. That's what the Constitution means. And um, even John Roberts must be able to make an argument to the rest of them, which says, "Are you? do you really want to do this? Because if we do this, their credibility is done, right? I mean, how can anyone think that they're anything other than a bunch of political hacks going forward? The Republican Party, you know, it is just going to be um, let loose, right? Like a some kind of caged uh, beast that's let loose, um, and and democracy, our democracy, will be on life support. So if that happens, there are a lot of people to blame. But I'm always fascinated by when these talking heads talk about it. They never fail, actually, to either blame the Democrats or blame the voters. Like, you you do rig the state systems, and then you say, well, you know, those people didn't get out and vote. It's their fault. Or it's the Democrats' fault, because if they would put forward policies that we could accept, we would vote for them. But we can't. We have to vote for the insurrectionists. We have to vote for the the uh, deniers because, you know, they want to take care of the climate and we can't accept that. You know what I mean? So it's like a very, politics is such an interesting game because you can always justify anything that you do. I just wonder, you know, I'm an optimist, John, as you know, and the, um, our country has been through many crazy moments where, you know, bad stuff is happening. Maybe people say this is worse, but maybe it's not the worst. I don't know, but, um, you know, you do wonder if, if whether the pushback um, in these elections won't be significant enough to just shut that group up. And I'm talking in this case about the Senate. I know it's close. So we've talked about Georgia. If Georgia wins, if Herschel Walker wins, that is a sad state in Georgia. Right. I mean, that's that says so much about their voters. But I heard today that the polling is starting to move against him. And we don't need to win much, meaning the Democrats don't need to win much to hold the Senate and holding the Senate, having the presidency may hold the line just enough to get some stuff passed. I, I don't know. I'm just an optimist. I, I hope that um, people step back and see what's at risk when they cast their votes. They, they expect turnout to be huge. 
in November. And I'm hoping it will. And you know why, John? Because then election night will be super fun. It'll be amazing. Mm -hmm. I actually have already kind of set up some of the pillows on my couch. (laughs) And and I got to buy some junk food and stuff. For sure. And I see Kornacki has some new khakis. Does he? Yeah, he looks a little like put together, Kornacki khaki. Mm-hmm. Man, if you were like a marketing director at, let's say, Walmart or Costco, wouldn't you put out a brand brand of Kornacki khakis? Or corn khakis. Kornacki, yeah. <laughs> People, including me, would undoubtedly buy those. I know. Honestly. All right. And that might be our first sponsor here on Sibling Talk. Talk to you later. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.